think it's in her blood. You know, I mean, I feel like that's just kind of like the West Virginia chip on your shoulder. You know, it's like we've all grown up here with everybody dogging us about everything, you know. Um, and you just reach a point to where you're sick and tired of hearing about it. Let's let's roll up our sleeves and let's get it done and let's show that we have value, that we can do these things, that we have creativity. Welcome to Appalachia's Startup. Stories of new ideas that eventually became thriving businesses in areas that most would consider a bad investment. I am J.D. Belcher, and I started this podcast because I took the same path as a lot of these folks. I'm a former coal miner, and now I make films through my own production company called JJN Multimedia. I wanted to hear others speak of their journey to not only give new beginners hope, but to help me grow as a fellow entrepreneur. Today, you're going to hear the story of Pat Strader. Upon realizing a suit and tie day job in DC wasn't for him, he decided to move into a tent by the New River in Fayette County, West Virginia. When the rafting company he worked for decided to create some marketing materials, Pat was the first to raise his hand for the opportunity. Over 20 years later, he is now the founder and CEO of Digital Relativity a quickly growing advertising agency in Southern West Virginia. Hear his words about his journey and the success that followed that fateful day on the river. I graduated from college, went to Washington, D.C., um, wearing a suit and tie every day, driving a beltway. I thought that that was what I was supposed to do, um, kind of follow that traditional path, if you will. Uh, you know, prior to that, I would spend summers down the New River Gorge, working on the river, um, riding bikes, spending time in the woods. Um, and being in D.C. for, oh gosh, it was probably about a year, a little over a year, but I was still driving every weekend down to the New River Gorge, um, working on the river. And uh, the company that I was working for actually... Um, they had mentioned that they were hiring somebody to do marketing and advertising. Um, and I threw my hat in the ring for that. I really didn't have any background whatsoever. I mean, I could write, you know, and those kinds of things. We're talking about 1997. So I packed up all my stuff, moved from D.C. back down to the New River Gorge. Um, literally lived in a tent for a whole summer. Which was great, by the way. I know every time I say that, it's kind of funny. It's like some people like roll their eyes like, what? You're a dirtbag. And I was like, that was actually pretty wonderful. Right. Um, But I'll never forget walking in and and talking to the owners of the company at the time um, to kind of line out what exactly their expectations were. And I remember asking um, what the budget was for their marketing and advertising. And uh, I got this kind of a blank stare. And uh, literally they said, budget? (laughs) Right. There is no budget. Um, So, you know, that was kind of an eye opening thing. But I think that it was definitely a turning point in the sense of I want to do this. Don't have any money to really spend uh, on marketing and advertising. So how are we going to do it? And so it really boils down to uh, resourcefulness. Um, 1997, you know, is about the time that... um, the internet was really starting to take a significant hold. Um, so I taught myself search engine optimization, 
little bit of HTML, just enough to be dangerous to begin with, you know, and it was uh, very, very cliche in the sense of, hey, let's make this blink, um, you know, <laughs> right. those kinds of things. It was like, you know, you'd find these different tags, blink tag, let's use it. Right. Um, but so I taught myself those types of things. Um, and the rafting company I was working for was a very small, it was a great company, great people working there, really just a um, super fun, authentic, talented group of guides and people that um, cared about each other. And so it was, it was an easy product to sell, really. Um, but they went from running approximately 3,500 people a year to um, just under 8,000. Uh, in the first year and the second year it was about 10,000. So it was a significant jump um, in how that worked. And it just, one thing kind of led to the, to the other in terms of teaching myself different things you right. know, related to marketing and advertising. That first gig, how did you come up with like, okay, here's how I'm going to charge? Or is he just like, you know, I don't know, $1,000 or, you know, what, how did that work? Well, so in that particular instance, I mean, I was an employee. Right. Um, I would, I wasn't making. I mean, I, I think my salary was about thirteen thousand dollars a year, um, but I didn't care because I was, again, having fun. Um, I still got to run the river. I was teaching myself a skill that I didn't. Uh, I was too naive to recognize it at the time. That hey, this is something that I can build upon. That ten years down the road uh, could really be something special. Um, I didn't have that foresight. I wish that I could sit here and be like, I knew exactly what I was doing. I had no clue. Um, I don't think anyone does. Yeah. Really went at the beginning, but you know, but learning and, and it was timing is everything. Um, and the timing of it was really interesting because, you know, people are starting to really pay attention in 1997 to how the internet is helping businesses grow. Um, so a lot of people, saw what I was doing with that. Um, and then just out of the blue would have people, Hey, can you help me with these types of things? So I'm not even sure that, um, I started a business so much as other people started it for me to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. Who was the second employee technically? Did, did you have a partner in the beginning or how did that work? Well, yeah. So prior to digital relativity, um, the, original iteration uh, of what we are today. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had quote unquote employees. It was one that I had no idea how to work with other people, to be completely frank. Uh, it was one that I, you know, I would go in, I know what I need to do. I know how I need to accomplish this. You take care of your stuff. Um, but it's so much more complex than that when you start folding other people into the business. So I learned, uh, I learned a lot by making a lot of mistakes with that. Now, when we got to the point of starting digital relativity, um, my father was, uh, has been involved from day one. Uh, he wasn't an employee to begin with. Um, he is now, <laughs> and he has been. Right. Um, and, and frankly, I hate even saying employee because you know that's not even it's not how I think about it. It's not how the terminology that we use. The first team member came on board, Justin Farrell, incredibly talented kid um, that I'd known for since he was a little boy. Frankly, uh, from his mother working in the the rafting industry. Um, I knew that he was a super smart kid. 
he was actually working at Dish Network at the time over in Virginia. Um, and I remember as we were starting Digital Relativity, I knew that it wasn't anything that I could do by myself, which I think was a huge, um, seems very basic, right? It seems like common knowledge and common sense, but that was quite an epiphany of realizing there's no way you can do this by yourself. Um, so I reached out to him and asked him if he'd have any interest in, hey, if we give you the tools, if we give you the opportunities, can you learn how to do these things? And he was like, yeah, sure can. Um, he came on board and so it was the two of us. Was it a risk for him to, you know, kind of quit his current path in life and just say, well, you know what, why not? I work for this marketing company in Southern West Virginia. Let's, let's see what happens. Yeah. I think anytime you do that, no matter what you're doing, where you are, you know, change is always challenging. Uh, thankfully he did have ties to the Fayetteville area already. Um, and, uh, I think it was, I think he viewed it as an opportunity. Let's go see what happens. And, uh, you know, there's no question that it was, it wasn't an easy decision for him. Um, I'm glad he made it, you know, uh, I think he was 19 years old at the time, which is just crazy to think about that. But, uh, yeah, he came on board and, uh, it was kind of funny. We sat there and it was like, well, what now? <laughs> So, um, it just, uh, he kind of followed the same path that I did of, um, here's something that we know that we need to do. How do you do it? Let me go figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was amazing at teaching himself and, you know, he had an aptitude obviously, uh, for learning those technical skills, but took it upon himself to teach, to teach himself how to do those things. And I mean, he's world-class. Hundred um, percent. So, was there a certain time you remember, like, okay, if I'm going to make this something, if I'm going to build a business, um, I got to let go of my pride, thinking that I know, you know, I'm the only possible, you know, which how I am with videos. I'm like, oh, well, only I can do it this way. I can't, you know, give up this responsibility to somebody else because it's going to be awful. Was there a certain time uh, that you were? willing to let that go or did you have to force yourself no 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 but it, you know like i was just talking about the first iteration of of the company you know learning a lot of really hard lessons um because frankly i was too stupid to really know one how to lead two how to work with other people and three how to build a business um and that is a key point in my opinion of understanding that we're as individuals, there's only so far that we can go. You know, it takes, it takes a team of people and it takes different perspectives, um, and takes on things and the realization that, um, you're not always right. And it's still, I find it interesting just kind of, you know, in daily life, how many people I encounter that still can't quite grasp that. Um, that it's the my way or the highway kind of thing. So I do think that it is a key point. I can't point to one singular thing, you know, that, sure. that was like that. Um, but, you know, like in Justin's case and, and as we grew the company and more and more people came on board, um, making sure that people knew that, like, you're going you're gonna to screw something up. Mm -hmm. Like, you are going to make a big mistake at some point in time. And it, it, I don't like it. I don't want you to. But it's okay. Um, 
So, yeah. What was the overhead like in the beginning? Did you have to go in debt? Did you, you know, how did you get started? Because I imagine, you know, adding employees or team members, obviously, you have payroll. You have an office space, I imagine. Yep, yep. And and that was one of the things, again, I keep I keep kind of referring back to the first company. And, and that was one of the things that I learned a lot of really challenge, or hard lessons because um, everything was out of pocket. Um, everything was credit cards and, um, you know, those types of things. When we started Digital Relativity, we didn't get a loan. Um, but we did set up a line of credit that was that gave us um, a little security, if you will, so that knowing, hey, we're going to be taking on payroll, we know that we have to go find business to cover that. Um, but anytime you start a business, it's it's nice to have that little bit of security to that. Um, you know, we really worked hard not to go into debt. Um, but I think that sometimes that's just part of the process and, and, and it's the risk that you take and it's skin in the game. Sure. Uh, What was the name of the first company? Matterhorn Marketing Solutions. Um, and it's so funny because people ask me all the time, it's like, well, why did you name it Matterhorn Marketing? Um, if you've ever seen a photo of the Matterhorn, um, it's a it's a very iconic mountain peak um and it kind of came from my fascination through my travels um when i first went to the grand tetons i remember seeing the the skyline there outside of jackson hole and um it just kind of struck an interest and for whatever reason started kind of learning more about you know these iconic peaks across the world and and the matterhorn was one of them and um, I have no idea why I landed on that. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Metaphorical. Uh, so what made you decide with the new name? Well, so again, learning, learning a lot of lessons through making mistakes. I knew that it was just time to like put that to bed, um, and to build something new. And, you know, it's, it's really, you're going to find me to be a little divergent sometimes when I start talking about things, I'll kind of go in different directions. No, no, I love it. But you know, the, the name digital relativity, we, we originally had set out, um, to be a digital agency. We really didn't set out to be a full service agency, which we became, uh, but we were going to be a digital agency that worked with traditional agencies to help them manage the digital side of things. Because I mean, even, it just changes so quickly. Um, and we thought that it would be a great opportunity to fill a niche. Um, cause the digital divide is a term that I like to use. We started seeing that continue to grow with these very talented, incredibly savvy, um, traditional agencies that were struggling to keep up on the digital side. So that's what we originally thought would be our niche. Um, it didn't quite work out that way. And I'm okay with that, but that's why digital is is in is in the company name, right? Uh, what team member would you say was the most pivotal point of the business? Was it a sales position? Was it an accountant? Uh, is there a certain position that comes to mind that you was like, yes, now I have you know everything full speed ahead? Oh gosh, no, because I mean everybody that's part of the team has played a really important role. Um, and building the business and you know it was the whole philosophy of what it is that we're trying 
trying to do, have done, is that uh, we're all trying to build something that's bigger than ourselves. So it was a, a culmination of bringing lots of different perspectives and skill sets um, on board that I think just continued to grow and grow and grow. Um, and we weren't afraid, um, which I think is, uh, I find a lot of businesses don't take risks because um, they're afraid of failing, which nobody likes to fail. Nobody likes to be told no. Um, but you know, the cliche saying of like the worst somebody can tell me is no. Um, and sometimes you have to hear a whole series of no's before you finally get a yes. You know, I think that our, our, I'll call it a breakthrough, um, was based upon that when we pitched, uh, for the tourism account. Um, I don't think anybody really expected us to be a player with that, to be completely honest. I think... Um, you know, a lot of large, very traditional agencies. We knew that we were up against some incredibly stiff competition for that account, but we didn't allow that to, to stop us or to um, kind of put ourselves in a box. Uh, we went in, we gave it our all, and we ended up winning it. And um, I mean, you know, I, I still remember the, uh, the closing of our presentation, um, Justin was with me and um, it was like, why choose us? And I just remember saying, why not us? Um, and so we got, I don't want to say lucky because we earned it, um, but we're fortunate and grateful to have been given that opportunity and um, the confidence level, once that happened, um, it kind of gave everybody a sense of, hey, what we've been working to is starting towards is, is now happening. Yeah. Um, we, we know what we're doing. Yeah. And it's just continued to snowball and, um, you know, in, in our space, you know, in any, in the agency world, there's always ebb and flow, you know, you're going to win contracts, you're going to lose contracts. And we know that, um, but learning a lot from that and having the confidence to, to walk in, know that we might not succeed in winning a project or an account, um, but not allowing the fear to keep us from trying. Definitely. Do you think it's the number of proposals you submit or the passion behind the project that wins you ultimately the, the gig? Well, and that's a, that's a great question. And, and I think that you could go either way, you know, it's like, you have just earning business on one side. You have the RFP game we were kind of chatting about prior to getting this started. Um, and the RFP game is kind of a numbers deal, you know? You know, sometimes you just have to put uh, put in the effort and your number eventually, if you're doing the right things, will come up. Um, in some cases, um, I do think that the passion for what people do plays a huge part in that if you have the opportunity to share that. Uh, that is one of the frustrations that sometimes I have with, um, you know, in our world, we'll be like, hey, would you like to bid on this? Um, and sometimes we don't have the opportunity to ask certain questions. Sometimes we don't have the opportunity to come and present ourselves uh, or our ideas. Um, it's just based solely on a number. Um, 
but when we have the opportunity, I think that our passion does come through because we, we love what we do. Well, that's where the professionalism comes in. Cause with, you know, say you, know, you get an RFP from wherever and they just give you a number. So then you can kind of dive into like, well, this is, this is, you know, they're offering us a potential, uh, a way to generate revenue for our company. This is what we do. So let's find their passion for them, you know, and build their brand. So do you, do you think that's exciting kind of diving in and seeing if stuff works? You know, I, I always use the term, like I get geeked up, you know, there's like certain things that we get involved in and, um, you know, we, and, and I know it sounds cliche sometimes, but we like to call ourselves problem solvers, you know, Hey, you have, you're trying to accomplish something with your business Tell us what it is that you're trying to do and allow us to maybe come back with some ideas that you haven't considered in the past or some different approaches to what have been done. And, uh, you know, it's I love watching our team when we are in those situations. Like, how do we solve this? What can we do with this? And the ideas just start flowing and people get excited. And it's like, what about this? Maybe we can try this. And, you know, not all of them are going to fly. But, you know, to see... Um, People get really energized and to see those ideas start flowing around. That's what's really fun for me. Now, you know, the counter to that, what happens when you have a really highly detailed client that's like, here's what I want. Here's the steps that I want it, you know, conducted in. And here's what I want the ultimate product to be. Like, how do you approach those situations? <clears throat> well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you just have to deal with it. You know, we, uh, we like to say that we we want to work with people that allow us to do our best work and it's very um utopian i know um but that's what we strive for um and we frankly we've had some folks that we've been in talks with that it's like hey if you're just looking for somebody to execute we're not the right fit uh not to say that we haven't done that um, and that there's not instances that you do that, you know, at the end of the day, um, the people that are paying you, it's their decision as to how those things work. You know, we always like to have a seat at the table and have some input and to share ideas, uh, to be considered. Um, but yeah, sometimes it just boils down to like, no, I need you to do this thing. And, and that's okay because that's just part of the process, you know, yeah. um, but working with people that allow you to have some input. And, you know, one of the things that I, I know it sounds cheesy and I know it sounds weird, but we don't refer to the people that we work with as clients. Um, we refer to them as partners because that's kind of the mindset that we want to go in with. It's like, look, we're in business, too. Um, if we do a good job for you, it helps you and us. Um, and vice versa. So, you know, trying to take that partnership mentality, not everybody is really receptive to that. Um, but the, those that are, um, usually that's where the best work comes from. Definitely. Well, they value your product and they know what they're getting. Well, and, and, the, and the value of their knowledge, their insight, you know, it's, it's a two-way street. You know, showing respect and, and, and knowing that the people that you work with are the ones that know their product best. They know their customers best, or they should. Um, and sharing those and collaborating on creating the ideas of how to execute and how to solve the problems um, 
that's the stuff that's really a lot of fun. And you mentioned partnership. You know, we refer to our clients as collaborators. Like we believe in collaboration because ultimately it's going to make it easier in the long run too. Like say if you release something that doesn't do exactly as well as you thought it was. Well, if you're both vested in it, it kind of lightens the blow of that. And then in turn, when it works, it makes it that much better. Yeah. No, I think that's a, I like that. Collaborators. I like it. Definitely. Uh, so break it down, like say I'm in elementary school and I'm like, I want to make, you know, websites or videos when I grow up. How did you establish the business model? Like, how do you price things to know, like, we're going to be profitable with this gig? Or did you, at the beginning, did you do the low hanging fruit model or how does, how does that work? <laughs> That's a great question. And it's one that I think um, anybody in the creative space struggles with. I mean, whether you... Um, are a painter or a photographer or a videographer, I think, you know, or in advertising, creatives struggle with that. And um, I find that often we undervalue ourselves. Um, and sometimes it, it actually is, it, it really distills itself down to what are you willing to pay me? Um, right which isn't the best way to go about that. Obviously <clears throat> mm -hmm. we were very fortunate that we have understood the value of process and applying that to creative work, which is, uh, it's not congruent sometimes, but, um, you know, being, or being able to, to look at a project and use our previous projects to help understand well, last time we didn't account for X, Y, and Z. Um, and just being able to, to have a, a better way of providing pricing to people, but also being willing to walk away from something. You know, you, you, each of us, no matter what we do, we have to value our own work in order for somebody else to place value on it too. Right. And mentioned walking away, you know, yeah. Do you essentially know now when someone contacts you, uh, you know, where their business is currently at that, you know, like if this relationship is going to work or do you kind of give everyone a shot? How does that work? Both, uh, you know, and, and sometimes uh, um, sometimes I need to do a better job of trusting my intuition. Um, I think that it seems a common denominator is always intuition. You know, and, and being able to pick up on the the nuance of conversations and body language and things like that. There are times that it, it just is painfully obvious <laughs> that it's never going to work. Um, but I sometimes, and I think that we all struggle with this, struggle with saying no. You know, and so we, we take on... Lots and lots of work. Um, we work through some challenges from time to time, um, but you, again, you have to be—you have to be prepared to say no. In the same aspect, do you think that there's a market for those companies that are just like you know, take everything that comes and trying to you know, spin the mouse wheel? I mean, there's really markets for everyone, don't you believe? Yeah, there is. I mean, and. I can speak to like on the marketing and the advertising side of things. I mean, there's plenty of work out there, you know, like part of my daily routine that, that um, my job has morphed into 
business development and those kinds of things. I mean, every morning I'm combing through a lot of different things, um, looking for RFPs that have been published or, you know, Google alerts and things like that set up to where news things that might trigger an opportunity, always looking for those things. So, I mean, there's tons of work out there. Um, it is sometimes a little, I'm going to say frustrating that, um, some people don't value themselves enough and therefore it devalues us all. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that you run into that and in, in your line of work all the time too. And, and that you put together a proposal for somebody that has pricing that you know that you're going to deliver a good product for them and somebody undercuts you simply so that they can say they got a contract. That is something that I find a little frustrating at times, but I also understand it. You know, that's business. You know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sure. Did you, in the beginning, did you establish core values that kind of, you know, which with us, we established our values and what we're going to be about. And through time, I've kind of found that certain clients that I think, you know, it's the big money grab but it just doesn't work out because our values don't align. And then it seems like clients that do have our core values find us somehow. So did you have a system like that? Well, yes, on the internal side, to an extent on the external. And, um, you know, I mean, I I use Evernote for a lot of different things. And I, I have a notebook that I started uh, even before we filed for like our licensing and everything, DR values. And it was just reading different articles about um, leadership and working with people. And, you know, we, we value the people, you know. So it's like the work is, is valuable, um, but also the people and the quality of life that we all have, you know. We work hard, um, we work long hours, we work late, um, but we do it because we enjoy it. Um, but we're not doing the work just to do the work, we're doing it so that we can enjoy other aspects of our life. So you know, family is incredibly important to us as, as a team, um, not only like our own family, my wife, my children, but each other, you know, treating each other like family um, because Everything that I do has an impact on other people on our team and vice versa. Um, And really kind of driving that home that like, you're not just doing this for yourself, you're doing this for the rest of us too. We found that when we um, get the opportunity to work with people that have similar views, man, that's, that's that's where the magic is, you know, because you can recognize it in them and they can recognize it in you that, Hey, we're all, we're all thinking about this the same way. We all have the same core values about what it is that we're doing here and why we're doing it. Um, and when you pair those two things up, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's rare. It's not common though. Do you think those instances are, you know, when burnout occurs, which I'm assuming it it happens for me, Uh, I assume it happened, you know, has happened in your past with the business. When that occurs, is it those moments that keep you going for that next special moment? Yeah, yeah. We, you know, anybody, I don't care what you do. uh, From time to time, you kind of have to reground yourself and remind yourself of what it is you're doing. Because, you know, when frustration sets in and, you know, a series of events that happen that, um, 
you know, that just make you feel like, what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, which happens. It, it, it's just part of part of it. Um, but you got to have the if you have the right people around you, um, and that you are willing to be um, vulnerable, um, you can work through it. Internalizing it and not addressing it uh, just makes it. I mean, it just starts piling up and piling up and piling up, and to where then it becomes an insurmountable thing. Um, but along those lines, like one of the things that we've done. Um, with our team, we do team yoga every Monday morning <laughs> and it's kind of funny cause it's like, you know, like I mentioned that to some people and they're like, Oh, you damn hippies. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's something that we started doing a great friend of mine and actually, uh, his name is Jeff Heater. He owns Possum Creek retreat cabins, but he became a yoga instructor. Um, and I always joke that Jeff, Jeff wasn't my first partner, my first client, but he was my first paying partner and client. Um, but he, every Monday morning we get together and we do that. It was uh, something that we decided to do as a way to kind of ground ourselves a little bit to, to get our heads straight, uh, to begin the week so that you're not walking into the office and just reacting to things. Um, but working on being a little more mindful and, uh, purposeful in what we do. Right. So 19 employees now, including yourself, or team members, right, including yourself. So do you ever feel the pressure of like, okay, I have all of these salaries and they all have families, you know, some have kids. Uh, Do you feel that pressure? Every day. Every day. And, uh, you know, and that's that's one of the things that it's like, uh, it's what makes us better. And it, it kind of comes back to that family and caring about each other. And it's like, yeah, I guess I could be like really cold and calculating and be like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know, that's your family is your family. You deal with that. But yeah, everything that, um, and, and, and this, you know, one, I think it's a, it's a positive, but it also is a, at times a negative too, and in, internalizing those types of things. But, um, I feel that we've all kind of done that for each other. So it's not just me, primarily it's me, um, but you know, there's others on the team that feel the exact same way. And uh, yeah, not gonna lie, it is definitely on my mind every single day. Right. How did you get all these uh, employees that are, or team members, I'm gonna get that right, <laughs> um, vested in the company and believing in the mission? Well, that's a great question. And. I, to be completely honest with you, I, I don't know that I have like a clear cut answer to that, but it, it simply is like explaining, this is what we're doing. This is, this is what we're trying to accomplish. Here's why I need you to come and help with this. Um, but we've got a pretty flat hierarchy in our office. You know, hierarchy has certainly developed as we've grown. Um, but you know, one of the things that we always stress with our team is that everybody has a voice. You have a concern, you have a question, you have the ability to share it and to speak up and it's going to be taken seriously uh, instead of shut up and do your job. Um, I got no, no time for that. Um, so, I mean, I think that that is one aspect of it is just making sure that people know that they are valued as a person and that their work is valued too. Um, 
But again, letting them know that they have a say in the work that's being done, how we operate and what we do um, has been something that has really paid off in that respect. For each position, do you assign a certain amount of roles or do you give flexibility with some duties? How does that work? Like creative director, the amazing Matt Sanchez, shout out. Um, Well, art director, creative director, you know, man of many talents. How does that work, breaking those roles down? Well, so, and that's that's an interesting question because those are the types of things that have kind of like organically taken care of themselves. Um, when we first really got things going, um, I, I'm not a big titles person. Um, so we really didn't have titles and everybody's jobs have kind of morphed and changed. You know, so you mentioned Matt, who's uh, our art director now, but Matt has served so many different roles on our team. Um, graphic design, videographer. I mean, he's photographer. He's done all these different things and kind of grown into that. You know, we have certainly um, kind of developed more specialized positions. You know, our creative director, Abby, is she is amazing. Um, But, you know, she also does lots of different things besides just directing the creative. Um, And that's one of the things that I feel has been uh, a big reason for our success is that everybody is willing to do whatever it takes. Um, Justin, uh, I'll come back to him. You know, he, when he first came on board, he was to be working on apps and mobile, um, you know, and then it just morphed into the web side of things. Uh, Sarah Powell, um, you know, she came on board to help with social and content. She's, she's our COO, you know, so she's basically, right keeping the ship uh sailing so you know the roles were loosely defined they've become a little more defined but everybody uh, is willing to jump in and help wherever they can and and do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. i had uh lunch with matt and justin and when i did when i walked away i was like man i hope i keep in touch with these guys because they're just so nice and overwhelmingly supportive of the arts and all of this stuff and how do you uh, find these people like how do you, you know, especially in Appalachia, do you put out just a job online and just see what you get or how does that process work? Well, we have, we have posted. Um, sometimes, sometimes people find us, you know, I've, I've always said that like, I'm always looking for talent. Uh, there's always going to be more talent outside of our organization than in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when you find really talented people, you just, you, you find a way to, to, get them on board, you know, and let the rest of it work itself out. Um, But we have been incredibly fortunate in, you know, as we were kind of discussing offline before we got started, um, you can find folks here in West Virginia, people say you can't, but you can. And and in some of the most unsuspecting places, um, you know, our uh, graphic design team, uh, world-class. I mean, Elizabeth and Josh could go anywhere. And uh, Josh is born and raised in Del Barton. He's a Mingo boy. Um, Elizabeth is a Rome County girl. And, uh, man, they're, they're really, really good at what they do. Right, which that's not fair of me, to, you know, to pose that question that way because, you know, I was a coal miner for nine years, and I think a lot of people automatically write us off as not having any talent. Sure. So, uh, you know, finding that talent uh, is – do you think it's – 
more of the passion element that they have for their 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 talents or is it the training or is it both <clears throat> that's a good question well and so you know an interesting point and you know you and, and your past working in the coal mines um you know we actually one of our incredibly talented developers you know we put out a call for um an apprentice position and uh kb cart came to us off a of mine site and the dude can do anything i mean so I think that that's one of the key points is like understanding that like not having these preconceived notions of, oh, well, you worked in the mines or you are from Del Barton or you are from Fayette County, you know, um, that we all have value, you know, no matter where we're from or what we've done, there are some really smart, talented people out there and all they need is an opportunity, the right tools and the willingness to be supported. Um, and it's okay if you break something, you know? Right. Do you carry an underdog status? Like you mentioned pitching against, you know, some heavy hitters uh, for the tourism account. Do you carry that underdog status and kind of enjoy, I know I enjoy being able to compete nationally when I get to, um, what kind of element does the underdog have in what you do? I think it's in our blood. You know, I mean, I feel like that's just kind of like the West Virginia chip on your shoulder. You know, it's like we've all grown up here with everybody dogging us about everything, you know, um, and you just reach a point to where you're sick and tired of hearing about it. Let's let's roll up our sleeves and let's get it done and let's show that we have value, that we can do these things, that we have creativity. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, having a chip on your shoulder and being hungry and willing to dive in and do the dirty work that other people aren't willing to do goes a long, long way. How is your role different now than what it was in the beginning? Well, it's a lot different. And, um, you know, in the very beginning, I mean, I was still writing code. I was still um, and I, I still, I don't write code anymore. Thank goodness. Justin's is like, yes, I'm <laughs> glad he's not writing code anymore. Um, but you know, I still am involved in developing media plans and paid search and, uh, SEO and just, you know, strategy and those kinds of things. But I'm not like in the weeds with it. Like I was, um, 10 years ago. And, you know, I kind of find myself in a position of building business, building the business, um, you know, any, anybody that started a business has heard that cliche. It's like, it's hard to work on your business when you're working in your business. And there's a lot of truth to that, you know, because it's like when you're, when you're executing, um, blocking and tackling and those kinds of things, it is kind of difficult to look at the big picture and, you know, how do you continue to grow a company? How do you continue to find ways to, um, pay people more to give them more benefits, uh, those types of things. So, you know, I find myself doing that more and more and, um, it's definitely a departure from where things started. How do you know when it's time to grow? Like for, you know, how did you know when it was time to get health insurance? <laughs> you know, how, how did those times occur? Well, so, you know, kind of coming back to one of the questions that you asked earlier, um, you know, it's like, how do you get people to buy in? And, and it's been one of those, um, that, you know, the business is not something that's being built to make me money. Um, as the business grows, um, everybody benefits from that. So it's like, 
you know, as we, we grew and we started to have the ability and the means that we were able to offer insurance, um, which is a huge expense, you know, not only on, um, for the team, but, you know, on the business side. Um, but, you know, as, as those things made themselves available, we invested in that. When do you see the holes in your team? Like, well, I wish I had someone to do this. Yeah. Well, and that's a good question. It's like, you know, you're always, always kind of having to look at like where the gaps are. Where can, where can we get better? Sometimes it's painfully obvious. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's just willing to acknowledge it. You know, a lot of times it's easier not to deal with something. You know, let's let's put it off. Let's put it off. Let's put it off um, until it really rears its head mm-hmm. and it costs you in some way, shape or form um, that forces you to deal with it. And I try to do better at not being reactive it's 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 easy to be reactive you know i'm very reactive but it's painful mm-hmm. you know if you get into that cycle of only addressing and working on things as a reaction versus getting in front of it and i don't think i answered your question at all no 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 finding the gaps i mean that answers it um what is your plans over the next, you know, I hate the question and I say this on most episodes, but the next 10 years, like, what are you, what are you, what are you going to be doing? What do you want to be doing? Well, and that's a great question. You know, it's, uh, I want to continue on the same path that we're on. Um, you know, we have over the past couple of years experienced uh, tremendous growth. Um, and I don't want to just get into the, um, habit of measuring growth upon revenue, but you have to look at that. You know, mm-hmm. um, this past year we made number 202 on the Inc. 500 list, which um, interestingly enough was uh, a goal um, that Justin, myself, and Sarah Powell uh, sat down at a table and set that goal, and that was in the first year of us working together. Um, and it it took us a year longer to realize it, but we got there. Um, and I want to continue to to move forward to not to grow just for the sake of saying we're growing, but continuing to grow so that each one of us can stay here, do what we want to do, work with the people that allow us to do our best work, um, and just en- enjoy a good quality of life. What would you say is the main the main traits that someone needs to have to be a successful business in Appalachia? Well, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier is resourcefulness. I have difficulty sometimes relating to folks that have to be told everything to what they need to be doing. Um, being able to look at a situation, know that there's a problem, and then figure it out. And I know that sounds so like, well, duh, you know, that's basic, but it shocks me how many folks that that critical aspect is lost on them. And and by no means am I like, I know that probably sounds very pretentious and I don't mean that to be that way at all, you know, but, but if you want to be in business for yourself, um, and you want to be successful at it, um, you better know how to solve a problem and how to be resourceful in doing it because there's always going to be cases that you don't have enough money. There's always going to be cases you don't have enough time. 
um, there's always going to be cases that you might not have the exact right person, but collaboratively you can figure it out. Um, and that skill I think is imperative, um, for being in business and being successful. And I think that that's a critical, critical element though, is like defining what is successful, what is successful for you might be different. You know, we might have different viewpoints on what that is. Like there's always going to be folks that like success is predicated only on how much money I have in my bank account, which clearly we all, we all like that. Um, but you know, defining what that is, uh, and, and how to, to get there, um, and the, the resourcefulness. Was there ever a time where you were like, uh, I think I'm going to have to quit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, and that's the other thing too, like, um, being willing to be vulnerable and, you know, I know that there'll be a lot of folks that may be like, no, never. I've always known that it was going to be this way. (laughs) That'd be nice. Yeah. I always knew that we were going to kill it every time we, uh, go to work. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, self doubt is, um, it's always there. It's always there. But to me, um, if I'm uncomfortable with something, I, and this is going to sound crazy, but like if I'm uncomfortable, I sometimes feel like I'm, I'm in the right place. Um, you start to feel complacent. Um, every time that I catch myself feeling really comfortable <laughs> is when I'm kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm missing something. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's good days and there's bad days and you own a business and you own a business in West Virginia. Um, it's tough. It's hard work. You know, it's not for everybody. And you're going to have some days that you're going to feel like, what am I doing and why am I doing this? Never going to lie and say that I have not felt that way. But sometimes you just kind of got to work it through and you got to surround yourself with the right people. Want to maximize your business's advertising campaigns in more ways than 12? (laughs) Find Digital Relativity online at digitalrelativity.com and keep up with their work by following their Facebook page. Special thanks to Pat Strader for your time and the Digital Relativity team. I am constantly inspired by your work and the movements you've created. Appalachian Startup is a bi-weekly podcast, so be sure to check back for more stories of entrepreneurship, like us on Facebook and Instagram, and support the show by grabbing a sticker from our online store at AppalachianStartup.com. Review our podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud as well. Uh, we are on Patreon, so you can support the show there and allow us to showcase more businesses in Appalachia. Stay tuned for more stories of underdogs on the rise.